everybody, and welcome to this month's late edition of the Study in Games podcast from Little Rock Games, where we play games and talk about them as designers and also do a lot of goofing off. Um, I am Olivia. I'm Brad. I am Joe. I'm Robbie. And I'm Tanner. And yeah, we are here meeting a couple weeks late this month because this has been a really wild month for uh, all of us, I think. Um, tell, tell us why. Tell us why. Well, we've been working on To the Rescue, our game we've been working Yay. on for a million years. And, um, and yeah, so and which is coming out next month. So probably by the time like we get around to doing our next episode, it's going to be out, which is really cool thing. and really weird. Um, but we're not here to talk about that. We are here to talk about two games because um, this month we chose a theme of that we cannot come up with a concise title for, which is um, where we each have picked two games, um, typically, you know, one that is meant to be played in one session or and or one that is meant to be played mul- in multiple short sessions um, and talked about them together and talked about how, you know, different things can affect games that get made, such as the two hour refund window on Steam and some other things. Um, so for this month, I chose uh, two games which are the following. Uh, I chose The Longest Road on Earth by Brainwash Gang and TLR Games and published by Raw Fury. Um, and the other game I p- picked is called Tooth and Tail by Pocket Watch Games. Um, and really, there's they're both really interesting, but very, very different games that um, have some aesthetic similarities. But other than that, they're, they're doing a very, very different thing. Um, Tooth and Tail is a, uh, a top-down real-time um, RTS, uh, real-time strategy, not a real-time RTS, <laughs> real-time, real-time strategy. It's a real-time, um, real-time. It is. It is. That's what it is. Um, that does some really interesting mechanics and makes it really, really fast-paced, like more, way more so than most RTSs, and it does some really interesting things. Um, and The Long Run on Earth is sort of an interactive music video, I guess is how I would probably <laughs> describe it. Um that's really, really beautiful and and a very a very contained experience that is within you. You play the whole game within two hours, and that's that's all it has to offer. Um, so with that being said, I'm really interested to hear what people's thoughts are on either or both of those games. Um, I don't know if we want to jump in and talk about one first and the other, but if anybody has any initial thoughts, um, speak now or forever hold your peace. <laughs> it's going to be a really short podcast. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, no thoughts. We're we're done. Um, uh, I, I thought nothing. Go for it, Robbie. You were going to say something. Um, so I really, really enjoyed the longest road on Earth quite a lot. Um, it uh, it made me. Uh, I don't know. I don't. I don't want to. That sounds dumb to say, but it made me feel a lot of things. Like I, I experienced <laughs> the, lots of different emotions, I guess. Uh, and it, and it was it was great to feel all that in the span of of you know two hours. And then uh, Tooth and Tail, I also felt a lot of things. Uh, I, I guess I wasn't ready for the amount of, uh, uh, I don't know, just the, the, the talk of, of eating meat. Like I, I'm normally not bothered by it, but somehow it, it didn't feel great. <laughs> um, but, uh, but the game itself also reminded me about, um, I don't think about the RTS genre that much, and it made me really consider that genre uh, in new ways. So, yeah, yeah. Oh, can I go? Go. Am I allowed to go? Okay, hit it. So, 
Um, first of all, I, I would say interactive music video slash walking simulator, but I, I mean that as a compliment. Um, the, uh, yeah, so I wasn't prepared for how, like the frantic style of, of, uh, of Tooth and Tail as an RTS. Um, so it, 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 compared to other RTSs, it, I would describe it as frantic, but that was sort of my experience of it. Um, but it's also really interesting that both of these games, I think, picked, um, they're both uh, pixel art. And, and I'm not sure, do you guys think one of them is a little higher fidelity? I kind of feel like Tooth and Tails may be slightly higher fidelity, but. I think it uh, is. I mean, if nothing else, the fact that one thing to note about Longest Road on Earth is that it's in black and white as well. Yeah. I mean, so that yep. in and of itself makes it at least feel like a little bit less. Um, two-bit. Resolution. Yeah, it's, yeah it's, it's also. Uh, <laughs> that two-bit game. Dimensionally flatter. Um, yeah, because of the so perspective. Things are much more paper cut out and yeah, yeah. the, the um, multiple uh, perspective sides. Yeah, but just to follow up on what Robbie's saying, what, what's interesting to me and what I, I probably would like to talk about tonight is how both of these games, I think, ask me to reflect on game design in general. And I think uh, Longest Road on Earth, even more so, asked me to sort of, as a, as a user, as a player, to reflect on what a what a game is and what it means to interact with one and 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 what it means to like give players feedback for instance and um anyway so I, i'm kind of excited about that 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 um more than, a, than anything i've played in a little while um these games in different ways made me kind of reflect on what it means to design mechanics and to design games in general yeah um i i can piggyback on both of those uh from robbie and joe um, from what uh, Robbie was saying about uh, Tooth and Tail and and the uh, just that kind of strategy, and also Joe's, it is very uh, frantic, as as Joe said, uh, much more than a one like uh, Age of Empires or Total Annihilation or or uh, old school uh, Warcraft. Um, but. It, the, it, it reminded me a lot of those, and I appreciated that it was these nice, short, quick battles of mm. those. Whereas that was actually one of the one of the reasons that I don't play uh, RTSs anymore is because they're they get to be where they're so prolonged, and and they're they're these little small uh, uh, a war of small attrition, right? Where you're uh, uh, going just a little bit at a time. At least that's my style of play. I, I could never do like the big Zerg rush uh style you're a turtle it's okay i'm very very yeah i'm, I'm very uh if any if, if anybody knew me in real life they would uh know why it's funny that they would say that i'm a turtle um anyway um but yeah uh it made me want to go back and, and revisit those and i like the way that they did it with such simple controls um the the controls on tooth and tail are uh, as far as a game that is relatively complex like that uh really simple like you're 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 clicking to get your people to the right place and then you're trying to find how to get the right units into the right spot and so as far as a a strategy game that although short still feels big because you've got the different units and things like that um the the simplicity of of all of the controls and the interactions with it uh was was really kind of a nice way to do that um and as for longest road on Earth, it it, it was interesting, and, and it didn't 
captivate me as a game as much as just a short sort of interactive movie almost uh, uh and that was really an interesting way to do that uh but I felt like I could, you know, I felt like I was watching things more than interacting with things. I kept waiting for something to be more, um, if that makes any sense. I kept waiting for for there to be some connection between the different things rather than just a, uh, just a sort of a, a linear flat story. Does that make sense to you guys? Uh, yeah. It, it, it just yeah. seemed like... Uh, I I don't know. Just I was ex expecting something else to happen, like a choice to matter more, uh, or something like that. I don't know. So that's my initial thoughts on that. Yeah, the, I I, th I think I agree in a lot of ways about the longest road on Earth. I think I think if I'd played it um, when I was a little bit less busy, I would have enjoyed it more but it it was a little too passive uh for for my taste like right now i yeah. think um and the, i i think more so than that i was distracted by feeling uncertain sometimes in the game in terms of like how to interact with something or like what what i was supposed to be doing mm -hmm. in a way that feels divergent from like the mood of the scene sometimes Yes, yeah, I could see that. Yeah, like like when I when I'm playing the the woman who's like getting up, going downstairs, and making coffee, and like like I don't know her routine routine. So something that could be kind of like a calm, reflective, like I'm I'm going through like this morning routine. I I like walk slowly from one end of the room to the other to see like if I can interact with something. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean like oh I didn't notice I had that in my hand. I need to set that down back over there. And then, and that that kind of ambiguity. Um, I mean, it was nice that there weren't a bunch of like prompts on the screen all the time, like you know, directing me. Mm -hmm. uh, but the it didn't flow as nicely as I hoped it would in some parts. Yeah, the transitions between those things uh, where you were doing the 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 daily task of the character that you were inhabiting mm -hmm. and then the transition between interacting with another character or the, the there was one scene where two characters crossed paths and there was the phone call between them and the timing of that and the way that that happened and this i i, I know that i'm sounding negative i don't mean this to be negative but it it did mm -hmm. it, that ambiguity in there i didn't feel like i knew where i was and what i was supposed to be doing and I think I, I'm, I'm with you, Tanner, that that kind of took me out of the game some. But by the same token, it, it was still an immersive enough experience because really that's kind of all it is, right? Um, yeah. It, so is that immersion? I, I, I'm, I'm jumping in. Yeah, jump. <laughs> Let me hear you take. So because I alternated. So I, I think I came into this game um, and I was actually initially frustrated because um, normally when we have games that we play for the podcast, I like to get them started. And then like, usually I'll get them to whatever feels like the first logical save point. Like, so I've gotten through the introduction and then 
then I will usually step away from them and come back. And, and for me, most games, even games that have are heavy on story will kind of bring you into some point where then if you start the game again, you are in that moment. And I made the mistake of not getting to that moment, I guess. And so the first three times that I started the game, I had to watch the entire credits. Right. Um, and there's no, really long. It's no way to get through them. Um, you can actually, by hitting the space bar, like spamming it, you can actually speed them up a little. Okay. <laughs> so, but I'm saying all this as a way to frame that um, I came back to the game slowly with a more generous reading of it, um, which was about provoking me to slow down. Mm-hmm. Um, because, and this I noticed, I think I finally noticed it after the, in the second ending where I was once again, I think on a mode of transportation. Cause I think on the first ending you're on a train and then the second ending, maybe you're on a bus, but I can't remember for sure. I think it's a um, subway. Subway. Yeah. And so you're just on the subway and, and in both of those cases, you can hit one button for an interaction, but it just changes your view. Um, mm-hmm. And you go back and forth, like, and no matter how many times you hit the button or hit any button on the keyboard, you can't advance the scene. Um, and a cynical reading of that might be, oh, well, they just have, they've written all this nice music and they want the song to play all the way. Um, but, but I actually chose to kind of have a generous reading of it, which was, it provoked me to really think about what my expectations as a player are, which is that I have control all the time and that I should be able to advance when I want to advance. And if I can't, the game's done something wrong and it's not catering to its players. And, and so I actually kind of was, I felt really gratified to realize that that was potentially a message that they were sending um, and that that lined up really well with the kind of role of the worker. I don't want to you know, go too political, but, but that workers are often put into situations where they have no control over their situation and, and are kind of forced to repeat things and go yeah. slowly when they don't want to. And anyway, all of that stuff kind of got processed for me. So I just want to throw it into the mix. So I have a couple things to say to that. Um, um, because first of all, the, so the, remember that the theme of the season was like games that are supposed to be played in like one session, right? Yeah. <laughs> so that was sort of the expectation there that I went into this was that this is going to be like sitting down to watch a movie, right? And I'm going to go through the whole thing. Um, but, you know, but that also does highlight what our expectations are with games, right? Because games aren't movies. They're yep. games, you know, mm-hmm. and, and we have different sort of expectations when we sit down to engage with them. Um, now, I, I actually don't know if they even call themselves a game, even on their Steam page. Um, it just calls it like an interactive, what does it say? Um, it, yeah, just a personal title with stripped down mechanics. You know, I mean, not every game says game in the description, but right. um, my point being is that I, I don't feel like they're trying to meet those player expectations, right? They're trying to create an atmosphere and a moment, like these these moments of these transitory moments that the game represents over and over again, where you're just sitting looking at a window Yep. Are really powerful and really important, I think, for what the game is trying to say. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and, and obviously it's, op- it's really open for interpretation because for listeners, one really interesting thing about this game is that there's absolutely no dialogue. Um, the closest you get is like signs in the background um, that are in English and you can read. Um, so it's all, it's completely like interpretive. Um, and you're essentially just following along the lives of like these four people at various points in their lives. Um, 
and it really just feels like it, it, I actually think this game it was really interesting and, and I thought of this like as I was finishing up af, um, it's really interesting to play this game after we played uh, Airy last month mm-hmm. um, because that game is like this game is a meditative experience for relaxing and for blah 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 right. to me this game is that like this is game was a, I would describe as a truly meditative and powerful and haunting experience if you sit down and you are you know you can buy into what the game is trying to do, um, and I agree. The, so the first time, so or the first time when I when I got to the 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 um the the end of the first vignette, um with the woman on the train, I the fact that I could look at the lamp made me think that there was something I was supposed to do with the lamp. Yep. yep. But it did not take me very long to realize, um, you know, what, what was going on. Um, and, you know, and, and I feel like the, you know, they, they did really clever things to anchor the different character scenes together. Um, they were mostly linear, but the times when they, you know, they used the objects to anchor them. Because um, I'm not sure if you all, like, noticed this, but yeah, they were all, all the objects um, that become, like, points of focus like that were things that were in the antique dealer's shop um i did not notice that yeah so the the typewriter that she found in her attic was the typewriter yeah. that the guy bought the okay. um i think one of them's a uh, a clock i can't remember yeah. what they all were um and so the, you know the sort of objects and the way that we interact with objects and the way that we that people have this sort of shared loneliness Mm. Um, I don't know. I felt like I there's so many things you can read into the game, despite it barely even being a game, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, so in terms of the UI, somebody mentioned, you know, not really knowing what to do. Part of that to me, the only time that that became a problem was when I couldn't tell what the object was. Like, I, I, I didn't yeah. know what I put on the stove. I'm like, I, I, I thought it was like a box of cereal or something. I was like, is she about to? <laughs> to burn her house down. I thought exactly that too. Yeah. Especially because it was so early in the game. Yeah. Um, and I didn't know if what? you could screw things up by burning your house down, right? Yeah. Um, um, but I feel like the fact that you are just supposed to go back and forth and interact with things as they present themselves, I, I feel like that that's intentional, right? So that you take your time. And so that yeah. you, you listen to the music and you pay attention to the backgrounds and the little things. I, I really feel like that that's that intentional and, and, yeah, and it well, really worked for me. I, I I guess, so, sorry, you go ahead, Robbie. Oh, I was, the only thing I was gonna say was should we give like a, a description of the game? Oh, I feel like didn't Olivia <laughs> oh, did sort of, she okay. sort of summarized it, I think, yeah, by talking about think... the little vignettes and that there were four different characters and yeah. each one had like a kind of little life story. Yeah, so the, yeah, it is. It's just following along the lives of these four people, and it's like a, it's it's sort of like a point and click, um, to where you can move yeah. and interact with things. Two D side do. scroller. Yeah, um, but very but, minimalist interactions and very minimal things to interact with. Yeah, but and yeah. no divergence at all. It's it's just, um, you know, embodying these people, mm-hmm. these different but very you know, shared human experiences. Yeah. Well, Even other animals. <laughs> <laughs> They're different kinds of animals. Yes, so. they are. Um, I was curious but, how the bird woman and the moose man had a moose child, assuming that was their child. That but, was a total nod to Bojack Horseman, I think. 
You think? Yeah. Yeah. And I felt there were actually, some good East, there were some actual Easter eggs in the game. Yeah, I've definitely things. felt some Bojack vibes from some of the stuff that they they chose. Oh, the but, animal yeah. Um, yeah, it's kind of hard not to. But the uh, I just super quickly wanted to just come back to this point about um, so like I think we're sort of in agreement, Olivia. Like when I was talking about my sort of the gen, where I came to with the kind of a generous reading of the game, like that was my response like like basically what the game forced me to do is ask myself why are you mashing the space bar like yes. like it's it's and sort of clarify, put up a mirror like to me and say like why why are you trying to speed through me like why are you so intent on having control over this situation yeah. so and and to be clear i i and i think i framed that as if i was about to disagree with you oh, okay like with my tone i didn't mean to i meant to say like i, I was following up with what you said okay. i, I, I <laughs> So yeah, I think it was no. you were like you know it's, it's supposed to be played in one setting and I was like, like excuse me you played it wrong like so, why did no. you stop after the I'm credits sorry. <laughs> and I was like well I always stop after the credits yeah, that's no, my whole I'm thing sorry. no it's um, okay I just I I really do like I I was so it actually brought me a lot of joy when I got to that place and I got to it again on the on the second it was really like mm -hmm hit home for me when I got to that second train ride uh, or subway ride and I was like there you're just gonna sit here on the subway and that's it like that's you it. can look out the window or you cannot look out the window but no amount of smashing the keyboard is going to change that yeah. and and I, I guess for me like I think I read some of the reviews on Steam and obviously some people found that really off-putting but for me it was really like a satisfying moment to realize what I was being asked to do as a player and, and i and, feel like the yeah. credits being at the beginning and then making you sit here and listen to this song mm -hmm. and just take it like look just yeah. look at stuff you yep. know yep. i feel like that they're trying to let people know what type of game it was going to be you know from yeah. the get-go well, i feel like they probably were but by the same token and i think tanner kind of touched on this i was really unsure of if if i was doing it right you know or, or am, am, am i Am I yeah. missing something? What am I doing wrong? Am I supposed to wait this long? Yeah, right. I mean, and that so, comes from what Joe was saying about that expectation of where are the collectibles? Pushings. Yeah, where are exactly. the collectibles? Yeah, there are well, things well, so, that I need to be doing to get this game played, and and yeah. I'm not doing those things. Part of it, the Steam page does explicitly say that there's like no way to fail, and no, you just go. So that's why I guess I yeah had that in mind. You know yeah. that it was gonna probably just make me listen to this song this really beautiful soundtrack by the it way is. oh yep. my gosh and, um, and i want to talk about that too uh, yeah let's get to the music at some point but you guys go ahead and finish your thoughts on uh, what you're saying about this part right now maybe tanner tanner <laughs> oh no i think i think i'm good tanner <laughs> I'm, well, tanner <laughs> uh we can we can dive into the music well, before before we do that, I, the yeah. one quick thing I did want to say is I actually kind of feel like um, I think people do. Oh, maybe now, maybe now I'm forgetting what you guys said exactly. But <laughs> I think people do play games for this. I think I think story plays a huge role in why people play a game. And I think like um, I don't I don't know, like I like this game having I, I could see if someone only paid attention to what people talk about when they talk about games and then they were going to sit down to make a game, I, I imagine they would make something like this. They're like, okay, well let's have some cool story beats and, and stuff like that. Like if you had a game like, um, like God of War, or if like the next Skyrim or whatever had a scene where 
you're sitting on a train and you're just looking out, like people would talk about that. They would be like, that was a cool moment. And this is just like a game that has all of those moments. Cause you know, when I was, when I was a kid on the playground, people would talk about like, oh yeah. And then like he, he grabbed this guy's head and he swung him around and then I dodged and then I did, but people don't, or at least not the people I talk to, they don't talk about those moments in games. They talk about like, and then Kratos talked to his son and his son was, you know, he missed with an arrow, but he loved him anyway. And that's what they talk about. It's true. Side yeah. side note, it's it's funny that you think there's going to be another Skyrim. <laughs> Skyrim well, too. I, I get you know what I mean. The yeah, other, yeah, uh, yeah. I was, the, which the, the joke being that that everybody's waiting for Elder Scrolls Six, and that's what I mean. It's never probably going to happen. Sadly, don't um, worry. There's going to be a GTA Three all over again. So right. We got that. Yeah, to they're going to keep doing that over milking those cows. Um, so so music can we jump into that um the 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 music in in it um confused me at at first partly in that opening credit scene because it was so long and i that also kind of distracted me a little because i kept feeling like um the music was supposed to be more about the specifically about what was going on and it was more these sort of general um not cliches but uh uh, uh just like the vibe tropes yeah tropey tropey motif yeah tropey motif cliches in the lyrics and things like that which was not at all bad it's very pleasant music um but i i don't know i felt like there could have been more uh direct connection between what was going on in the game if if the if the if the game if the story of the game is about um this sort of shared quiet existence of these four people who kind of represent humanity to some degree or at least a very sort of working class humanity uh it it feels like they're like this the the lyrical choices could have been more about real things you know what i mean well i i feel like i had that thought too but and i think for a a game with a different tone that might have made sense but i i think if if they got too literal with the lyrics it would start to feel like a yeah like a jukebox musical you know what i mean like yeah yeah i could i can definitely see that it's it's just that there was sort of this incongruous feeling that I kept having with hearing the lyrics as some yeah. action was going on in the game and them being so kind of disconnected from each other. And again, the music and the lyrics themselves were, were lovely and the game uh, playing through the game itself was relaxing and lovely, but it seemed like there was this sort of, um, like they were two different things. Um, does that that make sense to anybody? Uh, yeah, I I had moments of that. I feel like overall, like I I really liked the direction they went with the sort of things that the lyrics that were in the lyrics. I I didn't fully pay attention to the lyrics the whole time. I sort of let it be background music most of the time. Um, same here. But I do feel like that there were definitely moments where it at least evoked, you know you know especially because the game like i mentioned the game has no dialogue at all mm-hmm. the lyrics in some way are the closest thing we have to dialogue even if it's not you know directly narrating what's going on and i do feel like it helps 
it helps to guide sort of it, it really helped to guide what we how we should be interpreting some of the events not that there's a yeah. correct way or whatever but i do feel like the, that that's sort of how i used it anyway i felt it i felt it most strongly in the the father son the moose two moose characters yeah, yeah. And i don't even remember what the lyrics were but i remember Same. the feeling i had when the father and son are walking um in the very beginning of that long sequence where the sun grows up um spoiler uh <laughs> i um I remember just feeling strongly like the music led me through that sequence. And 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 again, I didn't, like you, Olivia, I, in this kind of context, I don't really listen to the lyrics. I'm not a great lyrics listener anyway. I really just want the feel of music most of the time. And um, anyway, so yeah, it's, it's it was different at different points, I think. And there were some points where I definitely felt disconnected. Like I, um, weirdly, like there was at least one or two points where I thought, Oh, literally, the reason this hasn't ended yet is because the um, yes, the song because the has song to is finish. still going. Yeah, yeah I, I um, thought that too, and, and that, that which is a strange a feeling to have. Yeah, so but yeah, anyway. that's why I I really like to think of this game, and it really helped me go into it thinking this way that this is an interactive music video yes. for this album, right? Yeah. <laughs> and. And, and I, which is a fun concept. When you right. As far as the it. concept goes, I think that's a brilliant and interesting way. And I think we're seeing more and more of that. Um, what's the game? A uh, Sable. Yeah. That came, oh, I came out recently. That so that has it's on a Games full Pass. soundtrack. Yeah. yeah. And and the the I forget who the musician is who did the music for it, but but she created an entire uh, basic a suite of of music, a whole album for that is for this game. Mm -hmm. and uh it, it and the music itself stands by itself uh but it it works in the game and i'm i'm wondering um uh, not to be like a music critic or anything but i'm wondering how the music in uh the longest road on earth stands by itself is that something you would listen to while you're you know driving around doing errands in town or while you're uh, uh i don't know writing your next game uh maybe. i mean may maybe like i i could imagine someone saying oh yeah i really like that and i listen to it a lot and me not really blinking an eye yeah i guess to me it does feel like um maybe two two rungs on the ladder above really good uh commercial music yeah i could see that um it, i i think as you know it as interesting as anything is that this has become a phenomenon in, to some degree, like a getting a band or a musician uh, and to, to do a full length album or a full uh, mm -hmm. long movement um, for a, for a, uh, a game. But uh, by the same token, having uh paying that much attention i mean think about where we've been with games in the past like think about old school nintendo and and very early uh even atari games and things like that you know you had the music on there and it was this sort of uh clunky midi music and then uh during the nintendo era it was just this sort of background jangly pop stuff and and now it's there someone has the the presence of mind to integrate an entire to work an entire album around but, the gameplay itself and that's that's pretty cool phenomena I, as, i'm as it is 
I'm not sure that they, I mean, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they did, but I'm not sure that they set out to, I'm going to make an album and I'm going to make a game and I'm going to happen to make them both work well together. I think they set out to create a specific experience and that experience called for an album's worth of music, I guess. Mm. Like I, I, like I wouldn't listen to the music on its own necessarily. Like I said, it, I mean, it's just not my style, I guess. Uh, maybe calling it music from a commercial is, is too much, but um, but I don't think they, I think that's that's okay because I also wouldn't play the game without the music on. Oh, that's so funny. When you said commercial music, I thought you were putting it two rungs above like popular music. That's oh, no, no. I, I, like, I mean, wow, like, that's if, really like if that's... a new, if a new iPod came out and, they were, and this was like music playing in the background, I would believe it. <laughs> nice. It, yeah. it definitely had that vibe. Yeah. Um, well, what's interesting, just coming back to what you said a second ago, Brad, about, about the kind of transitions over time, then there are weird anomalies in between, like, so, so Undertale, right, which had essentially 8-bit MIDI music, mm-hmm. um, that soundtrack has become so popular that it's actually been performed by, by a symphony. So, oh, wow. yeah. yeah, so there are these really interesting anomalies in, in video game music that have popped up like that. Um, yeah, Undertale's Minecraft. musical score has become wildly popular, like crazily yeah. popular. So um, anyway, it's just it's kind of interesting to see how that kind of stuff can spin out a, a kind of life of its own. Yeah. And, and certainly the music from Minecraft. Um, remember the music from Katamari Damacy? Um, I I you know i'm bebopping around town in my car and that one of those songs will come into my head and i'll just no na 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 uh i'll bebop around to that all day long um um i think i i don't know i feel like that thinking of the soundtrack and the game as separate things um is it how i conceptualize it at all like it's one composition in my head like i don't feel like the sound like the 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 soundtrack is meant to stand on its own and i don't think yeah the game if it was just like you know free royalty free background music i feel like it would be absolutely less compelling to me yeah 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 um but yeah and also like all of the vignettes were were really good um just thinking about like thinking about them and what things happened in them and yeah the order we see them in i i will say the fourth one really really hit me yeah it hit me hard i couldn't i mean i could get through it because i had to get through it but i was like spamming the 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 space button i it was like too much for me yeah (laughs) i love that like too much as in like it's just really emotional or like yeah because like i i literally just before i sat down and played this game i had a moment with my daughter being like oh she's like growing up shit like we can't we don't even like play the same games together kind of thing and so now to like play through a kid growing up and like i don't know it was just it was too much yeah yeah but and i think it's fair to say too just quickly like what I will take from this game are moments, like we're talking about this idea of the moment, right? And I'm actually, frankly, pretty annoyed by the way film, especially like high budget film has taken the moment as the thing that really matters mm. to the tech, like basically sacrificing plot and character development so that you can have a bunch of really great moments. Um, but in this game, the opposite was true for me. Like there are moments from this game that I will take away because I, I feel like they were shaped by the whole experience and so yeah like for the rest of my life i will or until you know i start forgetting everything um i 
I will remember that little kind of moose kid, like walking ahead and then having to go back to mm-hmm. the dad and then walking yeah. like, and for me, because we, we complain about a lot about Ludo uh, narrative dissonance, right? This idea that game mechanics and game, game narrative are separate and they're just kind of, and even God of War, which has some really incredible narrative, you know, there's, there's often mechanical separation, right? Between what you're doing and what's happening with the story. But in this, like the mechanic of just being able to walk the little moose, the little kid moose, like back to his dad and how they stopped. Um, and the same thing happened in the, like in the line for the workers. Do you guys remember yeah, the line going yeah. into the factory? Like you had to advance the line. Uh-huh. And it was a really powerful mechanical way of representing that sense of like being stuck. Um, like if I didn't do anything, the line never advanced, but I could only advance it a little ways when the next person went through. And again, those are really like minimalist ways of expressing mechanically what the narrative was doing, which I, again, I'll, I'll remember, I think forever. So that that kind of reminded me of, um, what became of Edith Finch with the cannery. Mm. Yeah. The the mechanical, uh, having to go through the mechanics the, the motions of the, the, the cannery scene. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. The cannery scene, which is the that and the baby. Your favorite the bubble, scene. The, that and the bubbles, the baby in the bathtub are by, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, so powerful. And can I just say, by the way, that what a testament to the emotional power of a game that in theory, we're supposed to be talking about two games and we right. haven't talked about the other one for like half an hour. Yeah. Which so, we should. We should switch. We should. <laughs> but I'm just saying it's such a testament to how much of an impact this other one had well, because it's, like, of its novelty. I feel uh, like it's very interesting because it's like, you know, because I'm sure there's a lot of hashtag gamers out there that are like, this is not a game. Yeah. Like it's it's just music and pretty pictures, right? Mm-hmm. But, you know, like, I, I also feel like, like, it's like, Joe, you mentioned the little bit of interaction that were really important to creating the emotion of the scene and to advancing, like, you know, the sort of inferred narrative, mm-hmm. um, which that's why I do not think it would have worked as a series of short films. Mm-hmm. I don't think it would have been as effective. Like, I think it's it could have been a really good series of short films, but I don't feel like it would have hit the same, you know? Yeah. Right, when, and you're, really, when you're holding your mom's hand, and then yeah. the crowd goes by, and then she's gone. Like, no, I know, yeah, and it's a real testament. I mean, every so often I play something that I think this exposes what's possible with interactivity, mm-hmm. and it exposes it in a way that that reminds me that that's why there's still so much unexplored territory in games. I still like when I talk to people who aren't in game design, I'm like, games are now where film was in the 1920s. Like it's just starting to figure out what it can do. And there's still like another 50 or 60 years before it hits, like makes the best that it can make. Um, and so I love that having that experience. Um, I had it with another game recently, but now it's I've, the title's gone out of my head. So Sadly, Joe, you and I will be dead by the time it reaches its apex. <laughs> hey, speak for yourself, buddy. Apex Legends season 50 is going to be out by then. That's what you mean, right? That's unless, what I mean. Unless they, exactly. they can figure out a way to either upload our consciousness into game world form uh-huh. or or uh, cryogenically freeze us. Until yes. We can. So we, you know, we got that to look forward to. Got that going for us, maybe, hopefully. Science. <laughs> Come on, science. You can do uh, this. So uh, briefly before we pivot to talking a little bit more about the other game, just because we really, I, there's a lot I want to talk about with it as well. Yeah. Um, but so remembering the, the theme of the season again, that, you know, this this whole game takes about an hour and a half to play from beginning to end, right? Yep. A little bit more than maybe, maybe like an hour and 40 or something. Yeah. Um, 
So any thoughts about the length? Was it, you know, as I wonder, because a lot of this game, because a lot of it gives you those those moments where they force you to sit for a certain amount of time with what's happening, with what's in the scene. Um, it almost makes me wonder that, you know, did they consider adding one more vignette and making you sit there until the two hour mark? Um, right. They clearly didn't. Uh -huh. and, and But that does mean that the length that this game is, is extremely deliberate length. Yeah. Um, the number of vignettes, the number of songs on the soundtrack, the time, it, the, the wall, very slow walking speed, right? Mm -hmm. um, that is definitely part of the experience and they allowed that to be there. And, and yeah, and like talking about meditative games, um, making meditative games long, like, and, and I, say, I say that term really loosely, right? Like mm -hmm. essentially like quiet games, yeah, slower games, you know? Um, and, you know, that's another reason why it's interesting that it's that, that the platform makes it not very commercially viable to make these sorts of games. Now, they got lucky enough to get published by Raw Fury, which is a pretty big publisher. Yeah. Um, and and I honestly think it's really cool that they published this game because it's so different um, than a lot of stuff in their repertoire. And just, just it's just really interesting in general. It's actually published by the same people that published Sable. That's Raw Fury as well. Um, oh, OK. So that's interesting. I didn't realize um, that. So anyway, I just wanted to bring that up. I don't know if there's really much to say about it, um, but I just thought it was interesting because I think so far it might be the only game that is like that we've played that that is like fully contained like that. Am I am I wrong about that? You mean that doesn't exceed two hours? Or that like it like it's that's the whole game, right? Like the, that the whole game is is is, is in two hours. Right. Is there... right. You see, uh, you could probably do. You, what do you think, Greece? Greece? How many, how I, I mean, this season specifically. Oh, um, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, but but you might be right. Um, anyway. Well, um, uh, it, that also makes me wonder: Has anyone done a speed run of the longest drone on Earth? <laughs> I, I'm on someone the case. Should, right. <laughs> let's let's see that speed run. <laughs> the, the, the shortest, longest road on. Yeah, but once again, I know we really do need to talk about Tooth and Tail. Once again, I think it points out the skewed. We've talked before on this podcast about um, sort of skewed senses of value, right? And so, mm -hmm. like when we talk about mobile games and what they should cost, and you know, PC or Mac games and what they should cost, and um, but think about like if you took you and two family members went to see a movie back when we used to do that um <laughs> you know each of you would pay eight bucks nine bucks for a ticket right and you go sit for an hour and 45 minutes so that's 27 dollars for the three of you um what did this game cost nine nine bucks 12 bucks i can't even remember but um i think 10 10 yeah so 10 bucks for an hour and 45 minutes we would never blink at that you know, when new movies come out on streaming now, they want twenty dollars to to watch them in your house. Um, mm -hmm. So I, it just it really points out how bizarre that, how wherever that kind of urban myth of an hour per dollar came from for you know game value. Um, and anyway. I mean, especially in the context of of reviews on the game, mm -hmm. uh, which like. There are several, you know, not recommended reviews on Steam being, you know, saying it's not a game. There are no mechanics. You walk left. 
the, the, the game says that on the store page. Uh-huh. So so you care so little about the ten dollars that you see a screenshot and are just like, Yeah, cool, I'm gonna do that. Mm-hmm. And you're like, What? That wasn't a game. And it's like, well, there there was about eighty words at the top of the page that that sort of framed the experience you were going to have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and sort of sort of that that space of being, you know, um specifically not recommending it not on the basis of how well it achieved what it said it was striving to achieve right but just what you wanted out of it personally Mm -hmm. if that makes sense no totally i mean it's like the reviews on amazon where you know you order a mop and they send a mop and they're like but i i didn't really need a mop (laughs) i i realized (laughs) i needed a broom one star. Yeah. <laughs> There's nowhere for the batteries. I thought this was like a Swiffer, like exactly. or a Roomba, like or it my, run right. itself. My favorite Amazon reviews, which are like the pack, like the packaging was damaged. One star. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Like what? Anyway, I bought this mop and I can't get my kids to use it. One star. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but you're totally right, Tanner. It's like it's such a strange way to process what what qualify as a game for for a positive review yeah so transitioning to tooth and tooth and tail yes tooth and tail which um since you know we want to make sure people know what we're talking about um tooth and tail is an rts like we mentioned it's top down it's very fast paced it's colorful and really morbid and it's about I guess different factions of workers killing each other for food because they mm-hmm. eat, eat each other and as a sign of like class. Yeah, which it's is a, little a bit very like zo- interesting premise. It's like Zootopia. <laughs> yeah, except it's not just like a predator prey situation. It's just uh, whoever gets can eat the meat. I guess it's more yeah. like B stars. Oh uh, yeah, it's um, B star season two. Yes. Um, it's also interesting to me that the game is kind of in dressed in an anti-capitalist like Bolshevik tone yeah. but the parts that I played at least um it's not really like it is a negative depiction but I mean the guy you're playing uh is just like uh you know I am going to eat them now because they ate my son. Yeah. Uh, not that we shouldn't eat each other's children. No, I will climb to the top of the pile of corpses and right. eat my way to the bottom. And I'm like, I don't really empathize with, you know, what what I'm what I'm setting out to do in this game. But okay, it does feel like a parody of uh-huh. the sort of like that. like like socialist revolution cosplay you know Um, it is a really fun theme um and the aesthetic of it is really cool but yeah it feels like the aesthetic of it is really more of what they're going for than because there's definitely a lot of mixed messaging you're right with the way they talk about each other and there's no sort of solidarity (laughs) there's all these and just violent just just violence for like what seems to be no reason like yeah well it's you know it's a a metaphor for the dangerous times that we live in and the consumerism and the all of that stuff 
it was um, it was specifically one one conversation I had on, like before the second mission mission, mm-hmm. uh, in which one of your like lackeys was like, I think the coup is going to win, and your character goes like, coup? I mean, yeah, we'll probably be in charge, but like all I care about is killing that guy, <laughs> and I'm like, and so that's why we're we're going to war right now, and we're sending all the other workers out to to die while I wave a flag. yeah all right okay let's do this i guess and there's the overlap with uh, the longest return (laughs) you're stuck tanner you have to do the job you were assigned right true except you know you're not you're not uh the the guy mopping on the ship he works for you in this game (laughs) i think but or you eat him exactly yeah. Uh, God, I love I, that I am... underground. The underground uh, um, base, though, I love it so much. Like, yeah. I, I love shattering. Hub, like hub games, I love games. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I love hubs in all parts of my life, but games that have a really great hub that sort of changes and grows over time, and then the missions extend out from it. I just find it so satisfying. Yeah, yeah a, I like the design. Way this game did that. And and it yeah. it the metaphor of the Warren worked really well for yeah them. no i know it's like all these really kind nice of underground split. you know it, it felt so much like the like the ice like the ice planet hoth like i like the kind of oh, series yeah. of like dug tunnels that they had just dug recently because they had to like set up camp and anyway i just mm-hmm. I, I love that kind of stuff i i wish that i knew russian because i want to know if that was real language or if it was just this sort of slavic-esque chatter I, uh, I think it's gibberish i might yeah. be wrong but i'm pretty Which sure it's gibberish. they did if they did it they did really you know gibberish as uh, total side note convincing gibberish is hard to do it like, is like uh, how long did they about... spend inventing simlish <laughs> yeah and 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 you know uh king of the hill and boomhauer have you ever tried to do a boomhauer it's like you got to come up with a lot of stuff really fast on the spot and sound convincing and I, I, I feel like the the sort of the fake Slavic, if it is indeed fake, uh, gibberish, that would take a, uh, you know, that's not an easy thing to just come up with, unless you're, unless that's your shtick, I think. And and I, I don't know, I guess maybe someone out there that is their shtick, uh, being able to spout that stuff. But that was a really nice, I liked that a lot about the hub, was all the little chitter chatter in the mm-hmm. background and, and all the little... Uh, shouts and things that they yep. do and and the yeah. tasks all the yeah. flavor it's, yes yeah. a lot of flavor um the gameplay in this game is really interesting though um because again so i i don't know if any of us are like avid rts gamers i'm pretty sure most of us have at least played nope. a couple of them um i'm i just want to say i'm really bad at them it's a <laughs> genre that i am i've always been really terrible at um um it's just something about it just doesn't click in my brain and i don't i don't know why um and this game doesn't feel like it's an exception to that uh i had a hard time figuring like making the quick enough decision to like send specific groups of my units i always just use them in one big ball basically yeah Yeah. um and it's funny because so i i played this game once before this this month and it was at gdc with the developers and i just got my 
I just got totally <laughs> destroyed. And I was like, okay, I remember what they did. So I'm going to yeah. know what to do now because I remember that experience that they were sending these units up to the front and then holding these ones back. And I'm like, okay, I can do that. And it's like, no, I, I cannot do that. <laughs> um, and part of that is because of the simple controls, which I think work really well for the sort of frantic pace they want to have. But yeah. I can't press one on my keyboard to select all range units or whatever, which is about the level of complexity that my brain can handle with RTSs. Yeah. Um, well, and to be fair, like, I mean, I've actually, I've played a fair amount of StarCraft and a fair amount of Age of Empires. Um, I mean, I've played a lot of Age of Empires. Um, and, I, yeah. and this game I found, I mean, at its, like at its default settings, I found it hard. And now let me back up a second. Um, I should disclose that pixel, pixel graphics are probably my least favorite art style of all art styles so like i don't know if it's I just am so so sorry no, no, it's, <laughs> okay. my no, it's totally you're fine. kind of in the wrong field because that's, um, that's really i a think thing. i think it's the like the muddy like i think it's just my the, the muddiness like disturbs some like super uh obsessive part of my brain that wants clarity mm. and so um and maybe it's because i was alive when the first pixelated games were existed and i'm like we've come this far why do you want to go why back? keep going back yes. <laughs> but um but all of that is to say that that i i think this game is is designed to feel frantic in a way that um and i don't think this is a bad thing but but to feel frantic in a way that those other games have never felt to me um i've always felt much more in control of the situation in those games even when i was in the midst of a battle than I, than I have in this one. And maybe it's the small space. Like the spaces are pretty small, yeah, which is kind of cool. But I sort um, of love that about it though. So the yeah. franticness is something that I feel like it, so when I was playing, the franticness never felt like, oh my God, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm getting overwhelmed. It just felt like, hey, the battle is frantic and even you're in the middle of it yeah. and you can't always tell them to get out in time because you don't have a full view of the battlefield and sometimes you just get caught. And like, you know, I, I feel like that that it really is, um, it, it, it's essentially, it's, it's trying to be a different kind of RTS that, that I can't really yeah. think of another one that is like this. And the matches are really short. They can be over really quickly, you yeah. know, if, if you get, you know, your ball rolling and you don't yeah. have to do what you do in other RTSs, which is when, you know, when that snowball starts, you just have to sit around and yeah. wait for like an hour until it finally gets to the bottom of the hill, you yeah. know? Like um, a and long I think, risk game. So if I was to just summarize like very quickly, my opinion of this game, it would be that it was trying to solve that one problem with RTSs mm -hmm. and it did it very well. Yeah, uh, no I question. still have problems with the game. Like, I don't know if I like it very much, like as far as like the gameplay goes, like I just can't quite figure out how to, how to feel satisfied in making that I made this choice, which led to my victory. Right. Yeah. Um, it, it sort of just feels like I'd have to throw myself against it until I get lucky. Cause I did something at just the right moment or whatever. Yeah. Um, but I do feel like it's a it's was a very interesting take on on stripping away some of the big extra stuff that that genre has. Again, that's another thing we've talked about a lot this season. Like yeah. with slipways, like what did they choose to strip out of the genre, and what did Absolutely. they choose to expand upon in the genre? Yeah. This game sort of does that too. Yeah, no, it's definitely a match in terms of like the minimalist approach to the RTS. That's that's one of the best. I mean, in terms of picking it for now, it feels like such a great choice in that sense. Um, but the funny thing for me is like 
my memory for this game, because I played it a little bit when it first came out, um, which was probably what, 18 months ago, two years ago, I can't remember exactly, but um, but then I came back to play it again when we were doing it for this session. And um, my my vision of the leader, the guy who like you, you, you play essentially, is of him forever like running around the field as though he's like, you know, those um, those advertising guys with like the blow up arms. <laughs> <laughs> wacky waving inflatable tube exactly right right they make, no fun of them in, they make fun of them in uh in family guy i think um <laughs> anyway like forever in my memory like when he's running around the field it makes me think of those guys and so that's like my, my <laughs> mental picture of this game and that that's why so I, think I, funny. I attribute even more like of a sense of it being frantic because i picture him like with his wavy arms like running about the field doing crazy like it's that wavy and, banner yeah no exactly yeah. it's like it gives me that feeling of but but that kind of hysteria is 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 neat right and it's an experience i don't cuz i'm such a careful planner in rts's and i i really i i am incremental even if the even yeah. if the situation doesn't call for it and so yeah that's not really really possible in this you game you cannot so. turtle in this game no no yeah. you just got to get out there and, and and you know do the best you can to overwhelm and and uh, and the mechanics of like are really well aligned with the animals too so um mm -hmm. like I, I like i love well, I love it. I love when games use animals and they use them well. And, and I think that's okay. This is a case here where the mechanics of each type of animal are really smart um, and they, they really feel. And really like, creative. Yeah, too. yeah. And there's lots of different ones too. So like if you, in the story, like most of the missions give you like a set amount of ones you can choose from. Yeah. But like, if you go into like the, like the free, like the, just the, the quick matches or whatever, mm -hmm. there's like a lot of different unit types. Um, yeah that do very different things. And and one cool thing too, especially because one thread between Last Road on Earth and this game is that you're, there's animals, right? <laughs> Doing the things. Yes. Uh, whereas in The Last Road on Earth, they are ostensibly people. They are just people. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's just in a, but in this game, it, they feel like they are animals literally fighting to the death. Like, you know, when that franticness starts and just, then you, you know, it does, it feels like little tufts of hair coming out everywhere, right? Like it feels like, <laughs> yep. Um, and that's a really interesting thing about it too, is it feels like that is, it's a little bit more, <laughs> it's a little bit more like animalistic and just yeah. brutal. Um, Animals got to eat. Yeah, <laughs> I guess so. Squirrels being squirrels. Yeah, just, just ripping the meat off the wolf's bones and <laughs> as they do. As they do. Uh, but it's just amazing, like the, how well how well these games pair i guess not all they're stylistically similar their aesthetics are similar they're like drawing on animals as a kind of core way of expressing something there it's just it it feels like a really good really nice match and um because there's another animal game that came out uh maybe two three months ago that i really wanted to play but then it got really really bad reviews um it's about the the it's like a fox who's a detective do you guys remember this Backbone. Yeah. Backbone. Have you played it? There's an Easter egg for Backbone in this game. Oh, is there? No way. <laughs> of, do you remember when the kid is on the TV looking through the channels? Uh, One of them is just the cover yeah. art from Backbone. I didn't I notice that. that. Come on. There's also a Disco Elysium Easter egg and some other okay. ones. Okay. Yep. Anyway. So there was some of those other ones look familiar too. There are a lot of Easter eggs. But I really there, wanted yeah. to play Backbone and then it it just got panned and yeah. I was like, anyway. And look at that. That's pixel art and I was willing to try. Yes. I'm, I'm willing to try. Anyway, we should probably wrap up, I guess, huh? 
Yeah. Should we? Olivia, you're in charge. Sure. I'm trying to think if there's anything else big we haven't covered. I mean, again, that's one problem with doing two games is that there's so much you know, ground. We we can we could we could take a random bitsy game and probably talk for an hour about it if it's <laughs> yep. just the way we are. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I think we covered a lot of really interesting things. Um, yeah, because you're right. I, I'm I'm really pleased with these two games that I picked because they do very different things, but also they for some reason they felt like they should have they should were should have been picked together and um, yeah. So that's why I did. <laughs> yeah. And and and. and it, it works really well because they are so very different, even with their, their sort of uh, superficial uh, similarities with the animals and all that stuff, but, and, and the pixelness. But yeah, two very, 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 very different game experiences. Yes. <laughs> Between the frantic and the meditative, uh, which was well, nice. Next month, we have one more pixel art game, uh, a, short, <laughs> a, a short hike. Right. Hey, dad, 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 we don't spoil yet. We got to have our closing thoughts. And Oh, right. Closing right. thoughts. I forgot <laughs> about those. Shoot. Okay. Sorry. I'll, I'll go first. Closing thoughts. Um, these were both fun. I, I, as with most games that we're playing this season with the shorter games, they're, they're games that are fun and interesting. And I like the fact that they're meant to be played quickly. And then I hate to say that I'm going to, you know, I don't think that I'll go back to these games, although I might go back to Longest Road on Earth just to to see what I missed, kind of, you know, um, and it's only two hours, so I could, it's like watching a movie again. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I think out of the two, uh, Tooth and Tail probably has more wider playability uh, because you can play all the different units and all that kind of stuff and uh, different game modes. But uh, yeah, these were both fun and interesting, and I think that both of them did um, what they did well in interesting ways, particularly Longest Road on Earth. And I, I do want to explore more that whole idea of writing an album for a game and writing a game for an album uh, musically. Uh, but yeah, so that's my that's my that's my final thoughts, Joe. So I'm really happy we got to play these. Um, and, and I, I had the biggest impact from Longest Road on Earth. It's, it's, it's a rare game. Um, Beginner's Guide, I had that experience. Uh, uh, um, Edith Finch, What Remains of Edith Finch. Yeah. Occasionally a game comes along that forces me, not only forces me to think about what it means to make a game, but it also provides me with an emotional experience that I, I won't forget and so for that i i just you know while while tooth and tail is fun and interesting and and a little you know provocative it, it just it didn't do any of those things in the way that longest road on earth did so i'm just really happy that that we're getting a chance to 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 get things that are a little more on the edge of what we usually expect from games but they in turn provide something really interesting so yeah thanks for that yeah so i'll go ahead and jump in um so uh both of these these games i think i was in like the wrong space for uh because they're they're both games that i think i would love most other months and i i didn't dislike them to be clear uh but yeah i mean so at times uh the longest road felt like too too slow and too uncertain for me um there there are elements that i think if 
if they could have been pulled off in a way that felt more organic to me, I think it would have would have really elevated the game. Um, one of one of the sequences in which you start driving the car uh, was was one that stood out to me in which I was I was like, okay, do I need to press the space bar to progress? Like, I know I won't fail. I'm happy to sit here and relax and enjoy the drive. But is the game asking me to do something right now? Right? Like, for instance, like earlier, if I didn't put the coffee pot on the stove, it wouldn't have progressed. So, so moments like that where I couldn't really set back and enjoy the game and I'm instead trying to decide, okay, am I, am I just going to be stuck here until I do something? Um, sort of took me out of it sometimes. And uh, Tooth and Tail was, was, was a little bit overwhelming for me on the other end of things. Uh, so I was, very, I was very picky this month, but I think that's mostly on me. Uh, I, in particular, the, we didn't get a chance to talk about it too much, but I think the, the art style in The, the Longest Road, um, it was really impressive how much they were able to, to characterize with the low pixel uh, style. And, mm -hmm. and the animals like I felt like I know exactly what all those characters would look like as fully realized people um even, even just the side characters like walking by on the street uh, yeah. that was really well done evocative to me um I, I would add to that just how much personality mm -hmm. each of those had uh yeah it was very nice yeah yeah so I mean yeah I, th I think uh both of them are games that I would would like to revisit uh, sometime soon and sort of give a second chance. Cool. I guess it is my turn. Um, yeah, it's actually that's actually an interesting point. I didn't think about the fact that they they might have been animals because they were easier to distinguish in the lower pixel art style than people with different faces would be. Um, that's something that didn't occur to me, but that actually might have been a factor with that game that just that Tanner just made me think of. Um, so yeah, I really enjoyed both of these games a lot. Um, again, I, I it's it's very interesting to me that the game that is like a movie length in itself, it like so Longest Road held my attention better than Tooth and Tail did, because um, after a couple of matches, I feel like I I feel like I I figured out what Tooth and Tail was doing. And then yeah. I wasn't very invested in the actual narrative. Like the the writing, the like individual writing was pretty good, and and you know like the gameplay was fun, but I just didn't feel that compelled to, you know, get all the way through it. I did not finish the story in Tooth Tale. Um, but I think it really highlights for me personally how much I really like games in show TV shows for that matter that can that are okay with being fully self-contained, right? Just because yeah. a movie is successful doesn't mean it needs a sequel. Just because, you know, <laughs> the game, you know, you can make it replayable doesn't mean it needs to be to be yeah. to successfully convey something and to be something. And to just let it be what it is. I you know, so I always appreciate games that are like that. Um so yeah, I did enjoy them both. I um I actually, you know, I I, I was second guessing my picks. Um, for a while, because I was like, well, just because they have animal people does not mean that they can fit together, <laughs> Olivia. These games feel different, but I'm really glad that we sort of pulled it together and were able to to think about them together in an interesting way. Um, 
Robbie's final thoughts? Uh, Robbie, no, Robbie had, had to step away. Step out. So, oh, uh, who so wants to do Robbie's back. final thoughts? Joe, do you want to do Robbie's um, final thoughts? Uh, sh- it. Sure. <laughs> I feel like <laughs> Robbie was concerned. <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't know what to say. What? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, we don't have to do Robbie's final thoughts. I think. Uh, <laughs> Ravi enjoyed himself this month. Yes, he, he wasn't as picky as Tanner. But to be fair, Tanner, you you are never picky. So I feel like having one <laughs> month of our entire run of these shows, which we've had like forty of them now, that you know, you sure allowed to be picky once. Sure, I, I, and I, I still agree. I still like the games. So I'm just tired and cranky. I think <laughs> that is okay. Yeah, you, you totally have every right to be tired and cranky. Um, same. But so, can can is it okay to announce next month? Yes. Okay. Take it away. All right. So, Robbie. Uh, <laughs> so, um, if Robbie were here, he would tell you that a short hike, a pixel art exploration game by Adam. Ryu, and The Last Tree, a low-poly exploration by David Whale, I think. I'm not certain of the pronunciation, but uh, so those are our two games for next month, A Short Hike and The Last Tree, which should both be in the same vein of our, our season's theme of games that are playable completely within two hours or playable in a small session of less Not than The time. Last Tree, The First Tree. Oh, Okay. The first tree. Are the you on the right tree. game? Yeah, he wrote the last tree in the chat. <laughs> okay. so I thought it was. <laughs> it, okay, hold on, so hold on, tree. hold on, hold on. It's the one with the fox. <laughs> okay, hold on. Uh, yes, yeah, so the first tree <laughs> is actually the game we're playing next month. And it is, in fact, developed and published by David Whale, Whaley. Um, and it is a an exploration game <laughs> the middle tree it's <laughs> the first tree the last it's, tree it's the tree that the came before before the first tree okay a short hike the first tree those are the games you can look forward to next month thanks so much brad's going to take us out um yes thank you so much for joining us as always if you played the game along with us um, let us know what you thought about it, or the games, rather, if you played these games along with us. Let us know what you thought about it on our Facebook page or on the comments below in our webpage uh, for this month's episode. Um, a special thanks to Kevin McLeod for the song that's playing under us now. It's a song called Plain Loafer that we use. And if you do a uh, search for Kevin McLeod, uh, he'll come up with all kinds of great free music for uh, to go under your presentation or your game or all sorts of other stuff like that. Um, so he's got good stuff. Um, other than that, uh, the, oh, the last thing, uh, d- definitely join us on our Little Rock Games Discord. We're talking a lot about the podcast. We talk about the games that we're coming out with, including To the Rescue, which is going to be released. Uh, Olivia and Tanner, what, November 14th? 4th. 4th. I-, I was right with the 4 there. November 4th, which is right around the corner. No no pressure, guys, but right around the corner. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, definitely uh, check that out. Come join us and, and just chat with us on uh, Little Rock Games. We're, we're growing a great little community there. And come be a part of that. Um, 
And I think that's all we've got until next month. Thank you all for joining us, and we'll see you then. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.